0: This episode of Time Mule is sponsored by Shables. Shables makes athletic wear that looks, well, cool. How many times have you seen some schlub jogging, huffing, and puffing on the sidewalk in a soaked t-shirt or a bunch of bicyclists in those impossibly tight outfits? These people look like nerds. They look terrible. Imagine if you suddenly realized you had to go to the bank looking like that. Would Cary Grant be caught dead wearing those disgusting rags? The kind folks at Shables want to do something about this problem. We deserve to look good when we're taking care of ourselves. I'm actually wearing a Shables shirt right now. They're letting me sample the product. I know this is an audio medium, but you can picture me in a handsome royal blue polo. There's a nice little S and a handsome script. It even has a collar. If I suddenly had to run into a burning building to save a baby or some puppies, I'd have on the right shirt to sprint up and down some stairs. And their clothes breathe impossibly well due to the patent-pending Shables Breathe Fabric. So later I could show up at a fancy restaurant that evening to tell my date all about my heroic tale looking groovy in my shables wear. But don't take my word for it. Head over to shables.weebly.com That's S-H-A-B-L-E-S dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com and see what these guys have to offer. And if you see something you like, enter the coupon code Mule. that's two words, Time Mule. at checkout for 20% off your first order. Shables. It's not just athleisure. It's a way of life.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Time Mule. I am Gabe. It's me, Mike.
0: And it's Jason. Have either of you ever
1: seen the uh the Twilight Zone episode, the the Christmas episode? Maybe. What
2: was was it when where that kid was talking to his uh grand dead grandmother on that phone?
1: I think that's like every other episode of Twilight <laughs> Zone. <laughs> okay. No, I think it's like it's like a ballerina, a soldier, oh, and like yes and like they're all like stuck uh just when we play this game by the way we're gonna play a game everybody (laughs) just think of uh me as like a disembodied voice and you two are just trapped inside this cylinder and you're like wondering what's going on it's very cinematic just like put yourself in that headspace Mm
0: -hmm. are you gonna be rod sterling
1: oh yeah always all right so do you want to play a game hell yeah let's do it We are playing the superhero game. If you've listened before, this is the game where I pick three comic book characters. Two of them are real, and one of them is fake. But what Jason and Mike have to do is find out which one is the fake one, the one I made up. Now, you have three lifelines. Do you remember the lifelines? It's okay if you don't. I don't. (laughs) Year? There's the year. I will tell you the year. I'll tell you what company it's from. And the last one is what comic book they debuted in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you ready to play? I'm I'm
0: ready. Ooh, Gabe okay. went away. Gabe went away. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> yeah, don't... Everyone, yeah, everyone everyone uh, at home Gabe went away.
1: Remember, you're in the cylinder. <laughs> huh? Will there be enough right. air? <laughs> no, uh. there's it's timed.
2: <laughs> Get
1: so, I have a theme this time. It is supervillains who haven't aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Mop Top. <laughs> Davy Marsden, aka Mop Top, was a British art thief who trained his voice to emit crippling supersonic sound waves that would incapacitate his enemies with his signature wooing. That is Mop Top. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, fake, next. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On to number two Asbestos Lady. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on.
1: Victoria Murdoch, aka Asbestos Lady, was a criminal chemist and bank robber whose robbery attempts were constantly being thwarted by the human torch. This led her to design a suit lined with asbestos, therefore making it fireproof. She would then set large fires after a robbery to make her quick getaway.
0: Hmm. So I'm just, I know that I'm not working out my answer now, but if that is fake, I give you so much kudos for Victoria Murdoch. That is such a. Um,
2: That's exactly what the comic book person's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. In that time, yeah. And some of those villains back then, they were pretty janky. And by that, I mean, you know, I think we mentioned before Stilt Man. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy and his legs just got really long. That's it. He's still around. (laughs) Well, great. We still use him. If only there were some way to stop
1: a guy whose legs were really long (laughs) and thin. They weren't big. had <laughs> okay, good balance. All right, are you ready for the last supervillain? Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Snowflame. Stefan, a.k.a. Snowflame, gains various superhuman abilities such as super strength, super speed, and immunity to pain when he snorts the illegal substance cocaine. <laughs> he also has the power to give his enemies a contact high simply by touching them.
0: Mm. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I want that one to be real. So bad. He's a, but that's a, is he a villain?
1: All three of these are super
0: villains. Oh, they're villains, they're villains. Okay, of course.
2: I'd like to use a lifeline on this one. The last one. Okay, Snowflame. Snowflame, of course. Uh, By the way, an instantly forgettable name. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, if it's a real one, shame on them, but I totally believe that's a real name. I don't know what uh, uh, was it. What issue he
1: debuted in? It is what comic book he debuted in? Yeah, New Guardians. Mm. Okay, okay.
0: I'll use a lifeline too. I'm gonna ask about the same character. Oh, okay. What year?
1: The year is nineteen eighty-eight.
0: That one's real. <laughs> Wait, remind me. Do we get we each just get one lifeline, or we get lifelines for? each thing
1: you can you have three lifelines but you can only use them once so you have one lifeline which is oh. which company but you know you can use on Snowflame again but <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, mike do you want to use a lifeline
2: no you know what i think i'm comfortable you know i think, it? I think you think I was, got it i think i know what the fake one is we're looking for the fake one yeah yeah you're looking for the fake one i know it
0: well, I'll use a, I'll use another lifeline. You got it. Um, so I have, I use the year up, so I can do issue or. Um,
1: no, you can only do company. Company. You can only do company. I
0: oh, only do <laughs> right, right. Sorry, sorry. I'm pushing my luck. So I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna ask the company for um, mop top.
1: Mop top comes from the DC universe.
0: Okay. Um I wish I did year. Yeah. I saved that year. That would have helped you a lot Because he would have been like nineteen sixty four and I go, Oh I wonder where they got that from.
2: It was sort of um Doctor Octopus, uh like you know, having like like he like tried to give himself a beetle haircut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At the time he looked really cool and then like it turned into the eighties and we were like, Oh no. Yeah. I was looking at a bunch of amazing Spider-Man covers the other day. It's just amazing how he just kept that hair for so long. <laughs> Sticking with that one, huh? It works. Right.
0: <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> if it ain't broke, <laughs> what? It works. Um, so I'm like, you feel pretty confident. I do. Right? I do. Do you want to throw your guess? Yeah, out Mop there?
2: Top. I, I I do believe is the fake one with all fiber. With
0: being... <laughs> we'll all due respect. With all due respect, uh, uh, that's sir.
2: Not real. I have worked with mop top and you are not
0: mop top you are not
1: you are not Uh, top
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so i gosh so this one you know victoria murdoch i had hit on as a name that just sounded so perfect but asbestos lady she's a lady you know asbestos woman asbestos
2: well i mean she's not like a like like she's prop like they're trying to say like look she's she's you no know, hanky panky here she's she's a by the books lady this, a, this lady's got class Wait, so this is
1: this is a classy lady this is a classy yeah,
2: so bank don't robber go slash thinking chemist. this is a, some harlot oh no
0: you know i want to say that that one is so nuts the name that it's got to be real and it's here to throw us but i'm gonna go with the old uh you know adage that the thing that seems the most logical is the answer so i am gonna cast my ballot as asbestos lady being the fake one
1: all right let's start with the one that you two did not pick that is snowflame made his debut in 1988 new guardians number three it was his first and last appearance and i have to say
2: i i oh if we just did this like a week later i would have had disqualify myself because over here i can't even see it from where my vantage point i have a compendium of New Guardians. You see, Gabe.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I'm gaining been, in. I'm closing in on your game. My here. God, <laughs> I've not,
1: but I didn't look at it. and never he, cracked he's the studying. binding. He's studying. It. I know I am. That's why you made that face when I said New Guardians. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, like trying over. I can barely <laughs> see the spine.
0: You have a, you have a long stick and you're trying to lift the, the like
2: <laughs> lift the pages. It's like, wow, this guy really needs to win, huh? Okay.
1: <laughs> Up next, we have Asbestos Lady. Shit, I lost again. <laughs> Who made her debut <laughs> in 1947 in the Human Torch number 27, Whoa. which means Mop Top made his debut on today's show. It's not my best, I have to admit. Well...
2: I would have believed it, but the name was too clever, Gabe, I couldn't get his first name, but I know his real last name was Marsden, Jerry Marsden, uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers,
1: you know. That's where I got it from. <laughs> exactly,
2: and I know that you would have known that, but no one who wrote for comic books then, I don't even think they would have ever have come up with that name. Yeah. Like, hey, we should name him after this guy they got. Because I imagine them being all like 50-year-old guys, just, <laughs> just smoking cigars. Yeah, and like just uh, you know, comb, like a, a whiskey all day. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I wish you revealed all that with a Sherlock Holmes voice. It, really. <laughs> Number one. Yeah.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were too clever.
1: Mm. Time, Time you. Will. We turkeys can't appreciate celebrating Thanksgiving by eating a turkey. We think you should go to a Carvel ice cream store and buy an ice cream turkey. Then we can all have a party
2: with you. Your participating Carvel ice cream store has Tom the turkey for Thanksgiving. And he's ready and beautiful. Or you want to send one to a friend? Use the toll-free number that you see here. We honor
0: most major credit cards. And have a happy holiday, folks. Thank you. Let's all go to the lobby To get ourselves a treat Okay, we're at the point of the show we like to call Now Showing. We all watch a movie and we talk about it. We were talking about this movie um, last time in our Ed Wood discussion. And I think we were calling it a bunch of different names. And we said it was by the guy from Oingo Boingo or brother of the boingo
1: or something no, like it's that the boingo.
0: It's, it's the, the boingo Bo- and the boingo yeah. boingo and the boingo so the movie we're talking about if you haven't guessed already is called the forbidden zone it came out in 1982 written uh co-written and directed by richard elfman brother boingo but in o- oingo boingo and um yeah mike brought this up as a movie that he had Sort of seen by watching a band and they're projecting it behind them. Is that right?
2: Yeah. And, and I was already feeling like kind of sick that night and like it just <laughs> turned my stomach a lot. They didn't show like all the scenes that I saw. It was just like maybe now I'm seeing it again. Just uh, a couple scenes with uh, Hervé Villachet, who's uh, uh, Well, I think was the probably the biggest get for this movie because he's already been yeah. in um, Man with the Golden Gun. Fantasy Island, maybe started filming maybe probably after they did this but he was already in a bond movie i think he was the biggest get for the movie the biggest star
0: and his star did shine brightly in this i thought i thought he was i thought he was pretty good
2: the scene where his uh, wife died he was <laughs> the two people this movie i thought one of the big problems was now a lot of people would probably compare it to a john waters movie uh,
1: but yeah. i say no
2: because what John Waters did, he didn't tell his actors to uh, overdo it with acting. You know, act bad, but act bad big. No, he just got people who might not have been actors, but they were really interesting to watch on screen. This, I feel like the actors were told, like, sing really bad. Yeah, 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 act like you can't act. But Hervé Villachet and the woman who played the, like the queen, I think. Uh, yeah. I look up, I'm look up her name now. Susan Tyrell. They just played it straight. Like she played it like a Disney villain, which is I, I the
1: think, way you should have. I think and she's like, like a Broadway actress. Yeah, yeah. Like she's another get for this movie for some reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is a really good point because I thought the parts where they were on screen were the best and, and I was locked in more. Yeah. And then other parts of the film where it's just it's shock and awe kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. I was groaning a little bit. Um, in those moments, now, um, Gabe, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see if you can do this. Can you summarize the plot of this film?
1: Oh man, okay. So, I think I think on was it April the seventeenth, Friday, April the seventeenth, in Venice, California, a slumlord, pimp, drug dealer. Uh, <laughs> finds a door in his basement that leads to the sixth dimension and then he quickly sells it to the hercules family right yep uh and then the movie starts pretty much from there where oh man uh pretty much everybody falls into the door somehow
2: (laughs) The movie falls on its face like two seconds in because it says, like, oh, this drug dealer guy. Also, don't get too attached to this character they're giving you a ton of backstory on. But he says he goes into an abandoned house. Then a few minutes later, he sells it? Come on, he never <laughs> owned it. You just said it was an abandoned house. That's a
1: plot hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and, you know, like... Uh, the, uh, God. They go down... They When they enter the... The, the Sixth Dimension Door, uh, Frenchie, the main character, basically, it's a young woman who has a French accent. I don't know if she's actually French. You I can't think be. She, <laughs> 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 uh, played by the uh, wife of the director, Richard Elfman. I don't have her name right now. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, they, they go through a kind of tunnel system, and they get poked in the butt uh, on the way. <laughs> and Then they fall out of a ass, an asshole. <laughs> Yeah. And fall into Brilliant. some shit that's actually just uh, brown pillows.
2: And and, uh, and and it goes downhill from here. It, it went, it's <laughs> this just is the high point. Downhill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh and then you know, all sorts of crazy shit happens and uh it's uh I I I, I do not like this movie. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't if
2: you haven't seen it, people at home.
1: You, you know, you never heard me say you should watch it. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually follow up on watching it before or after we talk about it, but uh, yeah. it, 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 it all depends on what you s- hear from us right now. If you want to cross that bridge, we are not pushing you <laughs> to cross that bridge. We are after this, we hold no responsibility.
0: Now, Mike, th- th- this um raises the question: Is this movie better? As a film that you sit down and watch, or something that you see behind a band,
2: I honestly wouldn't want to see this behind a band because then there was this like people that were just supposed to be disgusting, and they were kind of disgusting on their own. But there was a lot of this old guy just like going at women like one would a like like a dog would a couch, you know what I mean, like a pillow. And uh, he it was that like, literally. disgusting, and the women were just standing there. And just like accepting it, it was like it was kind of turned my stomach a lot. It really,
1: it, absolutely, yeah. Like, like any female in the movie that was turned around, there was this one character who was, uh, I forget his name, but it's just like an old man, an old yeah. vaudeville actor would like come up behind him and just start dry humping them, yeah, that's uh, along what with at. his grandfather. Well, the grandfather, by the way, was played by uh, Richard Elfman's accountant. <laughs> Boy. He asked to be in the movie. Uh that, and he's he's still yet to be credited under his real name in this movie.
2: Sometimes I was thinking, like, oh imagine if someone asked me to be in this movie, what would I rather
1: do than be in this movie? Like, no, no, no. The accountant in, asked Richard Elfman to be in the movie. <laughs>
2: thrown into a cold lake? Yeah, I could swim out of that lake. You know what? That that movie's gonna last forever,
1: and people are gonna know I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why he didn't have zero lines of dialogue and his face was covered most of the time. Uh, why too. would you
2: say just no? <laughs> but hey, that's, that's the accountant for you. B- boy, what a world they must have lived in. Like, my accountant would really like being in this movie.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to give the movie... So all of this stuff is true. That <laughs> <laughs> All of this stuff is true that uh, Mike and Gabe have, have just said and their uh, lack of recommendation stands but i'm just going to throw out some positive things um for a counterpoint <laughs> so music there is some really fantastic music in this i think some really bizarre uh music written for the score and then there's also some music that was uh you know what do you call those needle drops hey. <laughs> They weren't really used as needle drops, but they're, they're songs that are from the past. Uh, one song in the film, which is called Pico and Sepulveda. That's right. I like I that song a lot. <laughs> I sung that song with some friends in this movie tribute band, and I never saw Forbidden Zone, but I was just told, hey, this is in this movie, Forbidden Zone. (laughs) Hey, this is in a movie. You got to sing it. Yeah. Okay, sure. I I love that song. Um, I think there's some really great animation, and it's mixed in with the live-action stuff. Um, I'm also going to give this movie... um, a little bit of love because I know this is something that was done with no budget really. And they made it happen. Um, I heard that the director and his then wife who plays Frenchie were renovating houses at the time and flipping them to pay for this movie, just for this idea. Um, And they ended up losing kind of everything in the process. And so this movie was made, I think in the around 77 or 78. So it took it, a little while for it to actually come out.
1: Yeah, I think it, it wasn't officially released until nineteen eighty-two, and it was in black. Oh, yeah, it was originally in black and white. I saw a colorized version. I didn't know it at the time. It, it was really low budget. You can see like the 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 walls of the set like moving. Like it should be it's supposed to be a cave, but it's like <laughs> it's like breathing.
2: I think in some way they wanted it to be that way because. The uh, boingo boingo whatever did whatever they was like a uh, they originally like they're like shows their concerts the shows were like stage pieces and I think that was kind of probably what their stage sets looked like and they'd have you know loose ideas of a plot maybe but it was like performance art band.
0: I think the movie is based on the stage shows that they would put on. Yeah, it's
1: they were originally called the Mystic Knights of the Oigo Boingo. And yeah, it was literally just kind of like a stage show. This is kind of like, just kind of committing it to film what they would do on stage. And I guess the band Oingo Boingo came from this.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. ah, Being attacked by a kitten. No, you guys keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to stand.
0: <laughs> I wanted to look up an actor that was in this movie. Um, I wrote down his name, but my handwriting is really bad, so Which now one? I have to just <laughs> go and look it up. <laughs> but there's there's a guy in this movie who plays a sailor.
2: Oh, I know who he is.
0: You do? Okay. Well,
2: I looked his name up, and I was like, I recognize that name. I know him. He was in the first Rocky. He was the um, the gangster that hired Rocky, you know, to be a collector. You know, Rocky would like beat people up for money.
1: He has some That's amazing right, credits. Call. He has like the Godfather, yeah. Godfather Part 2, Rocky, Rocky 2.
0: I, his name is Vincent Spinell. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I got Joe Spinell here.
0: Oh, sorry, Joe, Joe Spinell, you're right. Um, and so this guy, I remember seeing him in something years ago. And it was a not that good movie, but he was in this boardroom scene. I, fr- I don't remember what movie it was. And all of a sudden... The movie got good when this guy was on <laughs> camera, and I this I was watching this movie and I was it was in a lull for me and all of a sudden this guy pops up, and there's heat just like that you know, and I think it's just anything this guy is in he just is totally committed, um so folks at home you'll look this guy up, you'll recognize him you'll you know you've seen him in things.
2: also have some news. I've read this in a couple places. Uh, reportedly, Tyrell, who played the the, the the queen, the supposedly evil queen, she uh, had a two-year relationship with Hervé Villaché. Yes,
1: he and did. And they shared a home in Laurel Canyon. Just saying. Yeah. And
2: that's
1: why their scenes are so passionate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was authentic. <laughs> ah, you... Sorry, cat just clawed my back. Um, I, I
0: this is gonna this is gonna sound so exciting, you know. Over over, are just kind of sighing about a movie that we weren't too pumped about. Oh, I, I there's can, just gonna be sound of a, a cat mauling. Mike I can this. I can
1: shit all over right now if you want me to. <laughs> I'm I'm holding back. Go for it. Oh man. Okay. So this movie was made at a time that was like. I could tell right away as soon as they had the opening, not credits, but like the little prologue of the pimp selling the place that this was made at a time that it was just pretty much made to piss people off, like piss off the norm, right? And, you know, like sometimes it's an expression of art to see something like that, but uh, it's it's being expressed by somebody who's kind of a tool to me. Oh yeah, Like, they're, they're trying to throw something out that <laughs> they think is funny, which is like, you know, it's just like, I I live close to where they grew up, kind of the Venice Beach area. I'm right by the beach, and I grew up with people like this, and what they think is funny is very, very inappropriate and, like, a little fucked up. And, like, uh, you know, like, I could just name a few things that are really just, like, really, I, I don't know if I really want to bring it up, but, like. Like yeah, there's said, definitely
0: racist stuff in this movie. Yeah, super there's racist. Stuff. No, there's no getting around and the it. The problem
1: uh-huh. with that is, right, Gabe, you're right. They were
2: like going, like, isn't racism? Aren't we like commenting on racism? But I'm pretty sure there will <laughs> It's not the place of a white guy to put blackface Absolutely on. And go, not. can you believe
1: what I'm doing? <laughs> isn't this I'll,
2: a comment? It's not your place. It's not. It,
1: it, it's also like it, well, it doesn't offend me.
2: was like, no, oh, it doesn't. No, I know because 'cause you're you think you're very cute doing this. And believe me, they thought they were very cute doing a lot of stuff too.
1: Yeah, they thought they were being cute by having like a a cross dress or like a, a trans person. Oh yeah. That yeah. But it's nineteen seventy seven and pe- they wanna like make a statement. <laughs> so that didn't <laughs> translate very well either. And like uh obviously we just mentioned earlier the the blatant sexism. There's some really fucked up stuff in here with that. A lot of topless women, and it's again—it's made just to piss people off in a time where it was like they just wanted to get get a reaction out of people, but they didn't do it with any sort of—they didn't really say anything. I don't think they were trying to say anything. Sometimes you could get away with that. They definitely didn't try to do it here. Uh, one, one of the, one of the few non-offensive things in this movie is, uh, these two bald men called the Kipper kids who went on stage and, uh, where basically in the movie from, Gabe? they're kind of the Tweedledee and Tweedledum of this movie, aren't they? sure <laughs> like where, mo-
2: where, where else do you know them from? I know I know you know Gabe
1: I actually don't know i i huh. I have a weird fact about one of them is oh, that please they're mar- one of them is married to bed Midler, still married oh. to bed Midler <laughs> they got wow, married in like funny. the eighties and they're still happily married. <laughs>
2: I think so. He must hang out with Lauren Michaels. Who was I listening to who said like, "Well, I hang out with Bette Midler and her husband." A lot. <laughs> I don't know if it was Lauren Michaels, but it was definitely someone of the era. Who do you have? Oh, Bette Midler and her. His... It might Where... have been Lauren Michaels.
1: Where else have I seen the Kipper Kids, Mike? They're in uh, UHF.
2: I <laughs> keep... Just in it for like a hot minute. And I they actually have it. haven't it's seen
1: going, that movie. And then after oh, they yeah. film it, Weird Al walks past and goes,
2: Hey, guys,
1: <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that movie for a really long time, but I, I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: <laughs> that could be a future now showing. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I saw it as a kid and don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, way um, hey, uh did either of you find anything funny in this? Was there anything you went, that's funny?
1: I found no. absolutely no, nothing funny about this. Oh, let the me get this. Fu- oh, sorry, go on.
0: I had one, uh, there was one bit that I found funny and it, with the power of editing, I'm just gonna drop it in. <laughs> now. I will have a whole army of zombie. A zombie mine car, a zombie Navy car, a zombie space cadet. You're a... really out to lunch. Look at this
2: world you've cooked up and you expect to take over another universe? Ah! You dumb fuck.
1: The only thing I th- found kind of cool and interesting is they had one musical number uh written by Danny Elfman that sounded like a movie score Danny Elf like something that could have been in like uh like Nightmare Before Christmas or the Corpse Bride. It had like that feel of his uh compositions. Was it
0: a piano and- so, solo piano number. It,
1: it was the one where the the queen was torturing Frenchie, or was about to kill her, and they were in the dungeon, and she
2: sang that little song. Yeah, I like that. Randy, we of, like yeah, yeah, I and like this song. I, a I was like,
1: movie. oh, this is like starting to sound like a little bit actually like Danny Elfman, and like my my girlfriend, was uh, I had, was listening to it on my or watching it on my laptop with headphones on, and I was telling her, I was like, oh, this actually sounds like Danny Elfman. I I I unplug it, let her hear. She kind of like winces and like, it's still not good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this, this, what you're hearing right now, this is the highlight of the movie so far. <laughs> and she was like, yikes.
0: <laughs> she went, <"Hey>, oh. <laughs> Have any final words on
2: I've, I would. There's this one part where um um you know the grandfather and brother go to uh, rescue and I hate to say her name, Frenchie. Ugh. It's felt the cold chill go up my spine. But there they do this there's this very old guy who's really probably not an actor. And his name in the movie is Mr. Bernstein or Mr Bernstein, I guess. And he had, I don't know. But anyway he had like, you know, the Yiddish accent and I was thinking about this guy. This was like filmed in, I think, seventy nine, seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine, something like that. Yeah. It didn't come out till eighty. But um, so this guy was probably in his eighties then. So I'm thinking this guy lived the full Earl, you know, early twentieth century immigrant life. Like he probably came over from. This is my mind. He came <laughs> over from like a small village in Poland. Like the, around the turn of the century the, and the father was going my son's going to grow up in America and you know they went through Ellis Island and he lived through World War I the Great Depression everything associated with World War II he lived probably a full life and you know what we remember him for? for being <laughs> in this movie isn't that sad? <laughs> that's what he'll be remembered for a majority of people this is all they're going to know of him
1: I, I I don't know if I'm wrong, right or wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the grandfather of the Elfman, Elfman's. Hey,
2: listen, I had more respect for my grandfather, I guess.
1: You might want to fact check <laughs> me on that.
2: I'm not. Say, Grandpa, be 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 in my bondage.
1: <laughs> my BDSM movie, please. I got some fun facts before we leave. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the former queen, the ex-wife, the ex-queen was a Warhol superstar named Viva yeah. known for the first woman to have intercourse on film to be credited. <laughs>
2: Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. To be credited. Okay.
1: To be credited. You know, it was, you know, an art movie. It's not, not nasty, not like a porno or anything like that. Uh, so one of the actors was also the writer, Matthew Bright. Uh, I think he was credited as toshiro Baloney, which is, Already problematic. <laughs> uh, he played dual roles as uh, the chicken boy and the trans character. Uh, he actually wrote and directed a movie called Tiptoes. Do either of you know what Tiptoes is? I don't. Makes no. me think
2: of The Residents, for some
1: reason. Oh boy. Uh, so, Tiptoes. Fingertips. <laughs> tiptoes was a comedy drama in 2013 starring uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Gary Oldman. What? Yeah. Gary Oldman, Kate Blanchett, Patricia Arquette, and Peter Dinklage. And it's basically about. Matthew McConaughey has a brother who is a little person and they are estranged but it, it's it's a train wreck it's, it's like a known well, train yeah. wreck You're already there like what's the, because what <laughs> one of the more fucked up things about it is that uh, Gary Oldman plays a little person in the movie yeah uh, <laughs> there's trailers uh, on YouTube why there's trailers on YouTube I don't think it's ever been released. I'm not oh 100% boy. sure, but this is something that they tried to bury wow. for a long time. And then my it oh got unearthed. Like... Next month on Now Showing. <laughs> and then it got unearthed like in the late toes. 2000s. And they were just like, I can't believe this happened. I think that might have been the last thing he did, actually. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, no. Uh, I would not recommend this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, if I can't remember the name of the movie. But in Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller's character was in a very problematic movie. I think if that was a real movie, I think I think I'm gonna watch
1: that one. <laughs> <laughs> well boys, here we are again. By the warm, cozy fire. There's something that uh i just need to i need to know from you and that's uh what did we learn today
2: well i learned that a lot of times in uh tv shows when a, a, a younger man is mad at an older man and it's supposed to take place now they always say hey come on pops when in real life, no one would ever call anybody "Pops." I just don't know who's writing
1: some of these shows. That's all. I, I call my dad Pop sometimes. <laughs> oh my God, have I just been raised on television? <laughs> oh no. He pops. Hey, give pops. someone else to turn. <laughs> well, I learned. I, I'm pretty. There's this podcast I've been listening to lately, which I think has been around for a while. It's probably one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Uh, Stuff you should know. <laughs> Oh, I've not heard it, but I oh, know okay, it. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. It's like the top thing that's recommended to me. Oh, yeah. I don't know it either. Same. It's just like these two guys, they pick a subject. Like, one was fascinating was the Nielsen ratings and how it worked. And basically, like, from the 50s, they would pretty much mail out questionnaires to the Midwest. And then they would just say, like, what did you watch this week? And then they would send them back. But then, like, it would go to, like, you know, like, how they do it now, which is, you know, there's, like, listening devices in your TV or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I've done a couple of those, but back in the, well, not back in the day in the, what'd you say, the 40s? It was like, yeah,
1: <laughs> like the 50s or something.
0: I did the, I did it at a time before the Vices, I think, and it wasn't that long ago, but I got in the mail Um, they would send you five crisp $1 bills. <laughs>
1: yes, that's what they said in the podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and there'd be, a, there'd be
0: like a workbook, and then I think if you've filled it out for a week or whatever, and Handed it in that you get, you know, not much more money. Maybe five more dollars.
2: Yeah, I uh, me- I got one of those too and I immediately took the money and uh, just threw that notebook away. <laughs> did you do it? Did you try to do it?
0: You know, I did it and it was pretty nerdy. I, I think I was going, I really want to, you know, really rep my favorite programs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if we're talking podcasts... I'm a big fan, and I'm sure it's probably pretty famous too. So, 102 point something, The Hawk. Oh, it's I've a, a podcast. Too, it, yeah. It's supposed to be a classic. Like, if it, it's, it's a classic radio station, The Hawk, so you're listening to a broadcast. It's not a very good. I think the joke <laughs> is they're the uh, number nine most popular oldies station in Valverde. And the universe of Valverde keeps growing, so you should start from episode one. And there's not many episodes. It's really funny. Jason Gore and Jeff Garlock.
0: Yeah, I've been meaning to check that out. Jason Gore is so damn funny. And I and I see the guests that come on it. It looks pretty good. And great. they do
2: some behind the scenes. And if you're from, well, from, I'm from Connecticut, and I believe Jeff Garlock must be our paths might have crossed at some point but I think when he was a hardcore kid I was definitely not a hardcore <laughs> kid but there's a lot of good references that I get from more of like Lake Compounds and mm-hmm. uh been there what's the uh, New Haven classic rock station
0: uh the whale WPLR New Haven
2: so they mention that a lot too
0: it's a great show yeah I gotta check that out you know I guess we're recommending podcasts here um yeah and you know i promise i'm not sucking up to the sponsor that we've had this week but there's a podcast i've been really enjoying made by the people from shables
1: really a podcast about fashionable athletic wear
0: yeah i mean mean, there's more to it than that um they do news there's like lifestyle content a little bit of comedy I, i find that there's a community surrounding the shables cast huh how so well first you know you get to hear from fellow Shables stakeholders you get some sales strategy juicy stuff to start pulling in the big bucks you know but you also you hear personal stories you know what fellow shables are up to what's exciting in the market but you know it's it's like it's more of a community
1: community yeah, yeah, you said that. Are you uh, a
0: shable stakeholder by any chance? I am, yes. Um, meaning I'm totally my own boss. I've invested some capital and I'm selling from home now. Get to pick my own hours and hell, I can even wear PJs to work if I want.
2: But <laughs> it's sounding a lot like you're listening to a podcast that's teaching you how to sell stretchy shirts.
0: Oh, God, no. It's really more of a... Community? Exactly. Especially with all that goes on the Shables Ranch out in Montana, it's beautiful country out there.
2: Ranch, Gabe, there's a ranch. I'm getting nervous about this.
0: When were you at this ranch, Jason? Well, I haven't been personally, but the Shables brochure and workbooks have some glossy photos, stunning. The ranch is home to the big man himself, Abraham Shables. And God, I hope to meet him someday.
2: Uh, How much money, ballpark, would you say you've invested into Mr. Shables' business uh, thus far?
0: (laughs) I find talking about money with friends is a bit gauche. Jason, how much? Really, you know, I'd, I'd rather not get into that
2: how much money have you given to albert shables god it spit
1: it out motherfucker
0: 30 grand
2: louder 30
1: grand okay 30 grand 30 fucking grand my goodness you
0: don't have 30 grand naturally i've asked some favors from friends and family took out some loans it's fine this was just an initial one-time investment, and it's gonna seem like a trifle once I'm moving these very breathable and attractive shirts. Oh, we may have already lost them. This man is an occult. And by the way, I really have been wanting to discuss an exciting new business opportunity for the both of you. I find partnering up would be beneficial for the three of us and the Time TimeUl brand. Let me guess, you make a commission
1: if we join your little shable scam.
0: Scam? Uh, Sure, there would be certain financial incentives if you sign up and use the referral code I provided at the top of the show, but one could argue that you also have financial incentives. This is a booming industry with virtually no way to lose. Jesus, this man is in a pyramid scheme? Pyramid scheme, no. No, 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 no. It's a triangular, operational, money-making stratagem. Pyramids are triangular, man. Oh, so I guess you've been to Cairo, Gabriel.
1: (sighs) That's our show, everybody. Hope you understand that we have some heavy shit to deal with right now.
2: What do we do first? Call a pyramid scheme hotline or an anti-cult support group?
0: (laughs) Guys, quit horsing around. Have you given any thought to my proposition? Hell, let's
1: just tie him up. Get a rope, Mike. I thought you'd never ask.
0: Guys?